Well, hello everyone. Happy Friday to all. I hope everyone's gearing up for a good weekend. A good Steeler-Bill matchup on the horizon. Looks like both teams are going to play their dudes, which is fun. Um, what I want to do today is, and I guess the next time you'll hear from me is as soon as I can post-game. But what I want to do today is go position by position on the Steelers roster. One guy to look at in this upcoming Bills game and why. So, if we start with quarterbacks, of course, Pickett's the obvious one. I think you guys will probably be paying t- you know, tuning into him no matter what. Against a really good Bills defense, I'm curious, more of a not necessarily a quarterback thing, but the Bills love, love, love to operate out of nickel defense. Two linebackers, five defensive backs on the field. I'm real curious during the Pickett time, but basically from start to finish, this is more of a Matt Canada than quarterback thing. How much do they try to switch around their personnel groupings to exploit that? And can they get the Bills out of nickel? And they're not game planning for this one like a usual game, but they're game planning for it much more than the last one. And they did a lot of that in the last practice from Latrobe. Oh, by the way, I am back home for good. Camp has broken. I am in my humble abode here and we'll be talking from you from that here on out. So... Definitely want to see that kind of stuff, you know, minor game plan details, especially against what you're going to see over and over is a nickel defense. But I'd also like Trubisky to have a nice game. You know, he kind of has been overlooked. You know, I mean, he's a solid two, doesn't seem to be getting quite the reps he did earlier, nor does he need them. I mean, I'm not worried about him or anything like that, but... I could use a good taste in my mouth from Mitch Trubisky, so to speak. You know, like, give me a – reassure me that he's going to be a quality, quality two. At running back, I think late in the game, the Valadays and Bells and Hagens and all those other guys, let's put other in quotes, is interesting. Can any of them make a, a, a big special teams tackle or break off some big runs that, you know, weren't blocked up for them late in the game? But I don't think any of those guys are in the equation. McFarland's going to return kicks. Hopefully, he gets an opportunity to do so, and they're not just boomed out of the end zone or fair caught. So, McFarland, for me, I think should play a lot in this game, especially in the second half, and really needs to prove, and I think he's already there, that he's a game day active basically no matter what. And he wasn't last year. So, that to me is really interesting. Tight end, I think Darnell Washington might compete with – Broderick Jones and some others for most total offensive snaps. I I think you'll see him with the ones. I think you'll see him with the twos. I think you'll see him at the end of the game. So a lot of different things I think will be asked of Washington. I also want you to keep an eye out on number 87 too, Rodney Williams. This guy's a really good athlete. I mean, he's got a lean lower body, but he throws his body around. He's an interesting guy that I kind of want to keep in black and gold, at least on the practice squad. So keep an eye on Rodney Williams. How about the receivers? I don't have a great one here, to be honest with you. Sure, looks like jo- Jordan Bird is out of the equation. I'm kind of rooting for Gunnar Olszewski to be out of the equation. Hakeem Butler doesn't seem consistent enough to really be in the mix. I guess we could look at, you know, Austin versus Robinson with the ones when they're in three wide. Is it always Robinson or is it sometimes Robinson? So I guess that's something. O-line, I got a few. First of all, 
Does Broderick Jones take any early snaps? Does he lead the team again in total snaps on offense? I think there's a good chance of that. LaRaven Clark, to me, is in trouble. He's only a right tackle. They have a core of four. They have more who's played some right in, ta- in camp. Of course, Broderick Jones is going to make the team. And now Spencer Anderson, who's somebody you have to watch, 74, has shown that he can survive or play right tackle too. So why do you need LaRaven Clark? You don't need five offensive tackles. I and mean, he only plays one spot and he's not the starter. So that's bad news for him. I'm getting more and more positive buzz about Dylan Cook, number 60. Keep an eye on him for sure. I think William Dunkel, 68, has done pretty well. Um, Ryan McCollum, these guys aren't throwaway nobody O-linemen. They're, they're doing okay for themselves. And Anderson's the guy to watch. I mean, let's see how many spots he actually lines up at. It, it might be three. I mean, it might be five. So, a lot of stuff to check out with this O-line. Um, oh, and oh, by the way, Kendrick Green hopefully isn't awful in this game because he was awful in the first game. Uh, quick break, and we'll do the same thing here with the defense. All right, we're back. The big guys, it's a rough situation here because is Armand Watts done enough to make the team? I lean towards yes, but Loudermilk has come on really strong. I'd like to really see another good game from him. But I think what it comes down to is when it's all said and done, I don't think you can keep Fajoko and Adams. And Adams is clearly running with the ones, but I'd love to have both in the mix. So, with Benton able to play the nose, why it's kind of like the Raven Clark situation, except these guys are better football players than Clark. You can't have two true noses with Benton's ability to also play the nose if you're only playing six offensive linemen total. So, that's a little sticky. It needs to work itself out. I don't think the outside linebacker edge group needs to you know, work much out. It'd be great to see TJ be dominant, but I'm not worried about him, of course. Can Herbig keep it up? Okay. Two guys I think that have been interesting, though, are David Perilous, number 40, and Quincy Roche, I mean, 48. I don't think they'll keep five of these dudes, but if those two can stand out on special teams, make a big tackle on punt, block a kick, something like that, I think they'll be in the mix, at least. Now, at inside linebacker, I'm leaning towards they think they only keep the four, which means Kiewikowski and Tanner Muse probably are on the outside looking in. And I wonder if Quan Alexander will be a starter. I mean, are we going to continue a rotation between Roberts and Alexander? What about in dime? I think Alexander might be the only linebacker out there in dime with six defensive backs on the field. Sure feels like Mark Robinson is number four of this group. And he's going to make the team, I think. And there is something there to work with. But I'd like to see a, a standout special teams play by him, too, over these next coming weeks. How about safety? Some of the Kenny Robinson hype seems to be dwindling quickly. I don't think he's particularly reliable. But the Trenton Thompson, number 17 hype, is growing. So is Thompson over Robinson? I think we know Killebrew, Neil, KZ, and of course Minka are going to make the team. 
Norwood's not a lock. I don't think he's playing this game anyway. So is there a door open for Thompson versus Robinson to make this team? And again, special teams, special teams, special teams. Side note, all the the uh, specialists, long snapper, kicker, punter, is going to be back to being the ones. So that little showing is over. But keep an eye on Trenton Thompson um, in the second half on defense as well. He shows up in practice over and over. At corner, where all will Patrick Peterson align? You know, pay attention. Is he going to play some safety, some slot? What's he going to do? Is Joey Porter going to play well? I mean, of the rookies, maybe he's the one that will have the biggest spotlight on him because we have not seen him in a game. Um, who else do I want to talk about here? Luke Barku, 35. This seems destined for the practice squad, but he shows up time and time again in camp as well. Long 6'1 guy like they like. I mean, maybe he's your last 53rd guy, something along those lines. And do we know that Chandon Sullivan is the number one slot? Or might that be Peterson with Porter and Wallace on the outside? And Elijah Riley, number 37, is also interesting. I mean, he's another one that'll be special team slot. Has a little bit of safety capability as well. Maybe he's your last guy on the roster when it's all said and done. So, big day, big two games here for Barku and Riley at the corner position slots. Out, you know, Barku's more of an is an outside guy, but there's a lot of guys here that are interesting. I want you to watch that aren't necessarily household names, let alone you know some of the scheming stuff. And hey, you're getting a really good opponent. I, I mean, I told you guys after that Bucks game that Tampa. Couldn't have been worse to really, I mean, in terms of talent, level of NFL play, that was about as easy of a contest as you're going to get. Well, when Josh Allen's on the field, that certainly is not going to be the case coming up here. So everyone enjoy the game. I will talk to you post game over and out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.